Film Society of Lincoln Center. You're listening to The Close-Up. This week we're sharing a highlight from the 55th New York Film Festival, which continued our tradition of HBO Director's Dialogues. In these, we invite selected filmmakers from the festival for an extended conversation about their craft and career. This year, French director Philippe Garel joined New York Film Festival director Kent Jones to discuss his new film, Lover for a Day, which was a main slate selection in the festival and begins its official theatrical run here at the Film Society of Lincoln Center on January 12th. Let's go now to their conversation. I have the impression that your work, the autobiographical element in your work has changed in, over time and that it's different now, it's quite different now from what it was, say, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and I'm wondering how you see it from your perspective. Uh, and I also have the impression that you're building on, more on the experiences, not only your own experiences, but the experiences of others to build your films. You know, on, on the one hand, I mean, you always, when I counsel uh, young filmmakers, uh, you always say, don't depart from your own lives too much. Don't go into a uh, fantasy. You need to stay close to yourself to really be able to do... Uh, good uh, filmmaking, but at the same time, if I take uh, The Secret Child as compared to Lover for a Day, has anything really changed for me? I don't know. Um, not sure. I'm not that clear, that lucid about why I make the films that I do, or I don't really uh, have a theoretical idea of why I make them. It's not that clear to me. Now, on the other hand, I can, I can, I can see it in other filmmakers' work, like uh, Jim Jarmusch's last film, or the Only Vampires. Lovers Left Alive. Yeah. Okay. And um, Julieta, Almodovar's Julieta. Um, that you, you know, I have a sense, I mean, it's clear that there's a secret at the interior of uh, the film. Um, but uh, I can't really, or, you know, I don't really think you can analyze, you know, it's something that you sense, it's part of your sensibility, but you can't really analyze it. And if I hold that secret to uh, make a work that's not totally uh, useless, then, you know, good, but I'm not, you know, sure of that. It's not, it's not possible for, when you've made something, to step aside from it and see it as a spectator, I suppose. No, no, no. I don't, I mean, I'm sorry, but I don't, I don't create my movies thinking about uh, the audience or the public at all. Il y, a, il y a 30 ans, quand je disais je fais mes films pour moi-même, tout le monde disait mais c'est honteux de faire des films pour soi-même. Mais maintenant tout le monde dit qu'il fait des films pour lui-même. You know, 30 years ago when I used to say, 
I make movies for myself, people would say, well, that's, I mean, that's really shameful to be move, making movies just for yourself. But now, nowadays, everybody, uh, all filmmakers say, I'm making films for myself. <laughs> but you also used to say that you make films for audiences of the future. You said that. No. Well, bien sûr. C'est les croyants qui disent ça, qui travaillent pour la Pierre Clémenti disait ça. Believers that used to say that, like, de travailler pour quand on sera plus là. You know, working for posterity for when we're not going to be here, I think that's absurd. Because I'm, I'm very much of an atheist. We don't come to the New York Film Festival to see uh, mind-blowing films. Uh, you know, films that, you know, blockbusters where you walk out and you feel like a little bit you know, a tiny ant in relation to what you just experienced. I mean, it's, it's a different kind of experience with you are tapping into that um, feeling of being in on a secret, like Julieta. But as, you know, for oneself, you're never sure that that uh, secret will translate into a value that is going to be um, uh, absorbable. It's very hard to talk about art because even if you talk about the history of art, I mean, it's really a novel. I mean, what people, mm -hmm. historians write about uh, filmmaking in the past, it's, it's a novel. It doesn't mean it's not interesting. It I love reading art history myself, but even great artists aren't superior beings. Au sens de, par exemple, un moment je disais, au sens de de Freud, je disais, il a pas de grand homme dans l'île de sa femme. You know, for instance, there, like, you know, when I was talking about Freud a little while back. Um, there are no uh, great men in their in their wives' beds. This is what Freud said. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you were going to write a history of the cinema, if you were going to write that your version of that novel, would it begin with the cinema, or would it begin with the history of painting, or with the history of theater? Non, tout ça mélangé. C'est ça qui était. No, I think it would be all mixed together. I mean, it's like uh, Malraux's uh, book on the imaginary museum. I mean, if you juxtapose uh, Sumerian art with um, with, with, for instance, silent movies, you get a very tonic uh, mix. Moi, je suis vraiment un addict de l'art, au sens de, comme une drogue, quoi. Yeah. L'art, c'est vraiment ma drogue. I'm an art addict. I mean, art is really my drug of choice. I'm an atheist, and we really don't know why we're here, why we're alive. And when you choose art, um, it gives you a certain uh, logic. It uh, makes a certain sense of it. And when you have children, for those who have children, if they choose art, as a path, you know, on the one hand, uh, you're very afraid, and then uh, it also feels like a very healthy thing. I mean, I, I think that um, 
you know, I don't separate and uh, cinema as being an isolated sort of thing. I put all the arts, the seven arts, uh, together. Um, and I think really um, it places things that, you know, in the society that's really at the highest level. I was with a woman um, in a museum and she w was looking at a non-figurative painting and she just started to weep. And, um, you know, that's something that's uh, inexplicable but has to do with those values. But that you said was also in the same way that a Christian would weep at a, at a right. representation. Right, in the same way that a Christian would weep uh, in Jerusalem. À Jérusalem, quand on, 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 on est introduit dans un espèce de, 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 de caveau et il y a le tombeau du Christ et, et j'étais juste là avec ma femme et puis il y avait une autre femme parce qu'en fait c'est très peu de gens qui peuvent être en même temps et la femme qui est à côté de nous s'est mise à pleurer comme ça parce qu'elle était croyante simplement. Donc pour elle c'était très très fort de, 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 devant le tombeau du Christ. Et... Euh, Yeah. I was in Jerusalem and we were in front of uh, Christ's tomb and there was a woman to the side of us who just started to cry and she was uh, someone who had a lot, you know, strong faith and it was, uh, you know, it was very moving. I mean, it was a very small space, only very few people could go in there at the same time. On parlait de que c'est comme si ça nous donnait raison, le tableau nous donne raison d'être comme on est. You know, it's like if if we cry when we see a Jackson Pollock, um, it may seem absurd to some others, but it's uh, the same level of experience and emotion that for some other people it is for something else. And being an atheist, also in your work, your earlier your work from uh, another, an earlier period, you were actually evoking Christian imagery. I'm thinking of La Lille de la Vierge, um, where you're actually evoking the Trinity. Um, but. Well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's because it's art, you can touch on those subjects. And when I did, La Ville de la Vierge, Um, you know what? You know, I was young, and one of the pleasures of youth is to be able to blaspheme. So it's connected with that, and it's the same when uh, you know Godard. So he did "Je vous salue Marie," but you know he's speaking against it as much as you know is using it to speak against it. Really, um, I want to uh, shift the focus a little bit and talk about. Uh, The last time we saw each other, not uh, here in New York, was two years ago, uh, uh, with, when you were here with In the Shadow of Women. And during that time, a, a, a filmmaker that you were cl very close to uh, committed suicide, Chantal Ackerman. Um, and you're someone who's actually uh, paid a lot of attention to um, being from a particular generation of filmmakers. You actually made a film about it once, Le Ministère de l'Art, which is about the generation of post-Nouvelle Vague filmmakers in which Chantal appeared. And I just wanted to ask you about that moment and to reflect on it about um, what Chantal's lost two years later, uh, where, what it feels like to you. Um, 
c'était juste avant qu'on présente le film, on, on a appris le, le, le suicide de Chantal Ackermann. Et tout de suite, j'ai pensé à Jean Eustache, qui était le, Jean Eustache était le premier. Well, um, when, when that happened, uh, when Chantal Ackermann uh, committed suicide, that was just before we were going to present our film here. And the first thing I thought of was uh, Jean Eustache, who also committed uh, suicide. Because um, we were not part of the new wave, we were part of the post-new wave, or disciples of the new wave. And part of the new wave was, you know, what they used to say, uh, Hollywood, was to make a movie, all you needed was a girl and a pistol. Um, and we um, took away the pistol. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought about that a lot, because uh, in a way, You know, it's almost as if we took away the pistol, but then the violence turned inward, or possibly uh, inward. And um, suicide, you know, the, the suicide is contagious. And uh, there's, a, there's a violence. I mean, the fact that we uh, took away, and now you don't make, you know, we did take that away. You don't make, we don't make movies that way. Um, but the fact that the violence turned inward seemed like possibly, you know, it made me think about, well, was it a result in a way or, you know, a consequence of that change in the filming? I think that, uh, you know, that art really has taken the place of religion for many of us. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a belief system. Now, that's not to say that uh, religion, uh, you know, having faith or believing um, is there's right or wrong or it's good or bad or that it's a, a, a sign of less or more intelligence. It just, you know, it's a choice. Um, but um, I think, you know, why, uh, you know, did um, uh, Chantal Ackerman or Jean Ustache, why did they let go of that and choose uh, suicide? Now, we have to, to, it is true that they were at a point in their careers where they were having uh, a real struggle in terms of producing their films and they were uh, doing it with bits of, uh, you know, string. Um, so that's, that's a real reality. I mean, we can't go into their uh, intimate lives and, and, and nor is it our business to really know what was going on on that level, but the, their uh, work existence, their uh, existence as filmmakers uh, was, was very difficult. <laughs> I wanted to, to ask you, Philippe, about, um, I didn't realize that you actually teach acting, and I wanted you to just talk about that a little bit, about your work with actors. Um, I, I teach um, acting, it's my day job, uh, because as an artist it's easier to survive if you have a day job. Um, and I, so I have 20 year olds, about 30 in a class, and we shoot in the streets of Paris and sometimes in hotel rooms, and then we look at the work and analyze it. Um, and I often uh, eventually use them, uh, cast them in my films. Like, um, 
for instance, uh, Louise Juliot in uh, the um, Lover for a Day. Uh, she came out of the uh, conservatory. Uh, there was also Lautre, who she came out of the conservatory. The all of the uh, in the film with all of the scenes from uh, the riots in '68. Um, those are and my regular student, lovers and regular lovers. Those are my uh, students. Um, so um, that works well, and it keeps me. Um, I like uh, being connected to uh, the young actors. Uh, it, it, uh, it's uh, fruitful in terms of my work. But also very different from the actor's studio. Oh, yes. And, and um, it's very, I mean, the, the uh, conservatory in France is totally different from the actor's studio. It's not at all uh, method acting. It's a whole, and so it produces a very, a very different type of film. But do you... Uh different from the actor's studio in the sense that it's not based in theories of acting that begin with Stanislavski. Uh, do you depart from that? Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it uh, ça part de Stanislavski, mais ça part aussi de l'invention du cinéma de, de ici, vous dites, c'est uh, Thomas Edison qui a inventé le cinéma. Nous, à Paris, on dit que c'est Lumière. Yeah, it's it, it is rooted in, in Stanislavski, but you know, here you talk about uh, Thomas Edison having started uh, cinema, and there it's Louis Lumière. Makes a difference. Mais les deux ont inventé le cinéma. Mais ce qui est fantastique, c'est que les Américains ne cèdent pas sur le fait que ce soit Thomas Edison, et les Français ne cèdent pas sur le fait que ce soit Louis Lumière. Alors en fait, ils ont trouvé la même chose, la caméra. Both of them uh, founded uh, cinema, but neither the Americans or the French will let go of the fact that they are the ones that invented uh, cinema, when in fact both of them, uh, Louis Mien and Thomas Edison, discovered the camera at the same time. So in relation to what, what you do with actors when you're, when you're teaching them, how does that work practically in terms of the relationship to the history of cinema? Ah, mais c'est que euh, le cinéma, ça ne peut pas s'enseigner de manière théorique, c'est qu'un tournage. C'est-à-dire, je parle, le, je parle du point de vue. Vous ne pouvez pas enseigner le cinéma de manière théorique. Ce que je fais, c'est que je prends les étudiants dans les rues de Paris et nous tournons. Parfois, c'est des scènes que j'ai écrites, mais que je n'ai jamais dans un film. Uh, sometimes it's scenes from movies that are established, like by Jean Eustache. Um, the Mother and the Whore. Mother and the Whore. Um, or Le Doigt de la Tête by Jacques Toyon. And, um, and then, you know, we go back and, and we progress throughout the year and we look at the work and we study it and, um, you know, we progress from there and that's how, how they learn. And it's also, for me, uh, it's, it's, it's a way of continuing sort of the uh, creative process on that level. And what to you does the term directing an actor mean in practical terms for you as an artist? You show him the path. You say, go this way or that way. It's not directing in terms of, you know, but it's like sort of guiding them. You know, you go towards there or towards that, and that in that direction. Mais ça revient le plus au sens pratique. Si on voulait dire très vite, ça revient à dire à quoi on pense pendant qu'on joue une scène. C'est comme si on lui on lui disait 
tu dois penser plutôt par là, ou par là, par là, t'appuyer sur ta propre vie. Euh, et donc, c'est la direction au sens de par où aller. Directing them towards which way you know to go. You need to think about your life in terms of that to get from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. We'll take some questions from the audience here in the back. In the opening of uh, *Secret Child*, uh, what book are they reading by the fire? Faust. 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 Thank you. Le Roi and other films, there are several films that I think treat of this theme, a set of themes. There is a Thanatos, a death drive, represented in part by the figure of Heron. Um, and there's also some more positive, romantic, familial happy, living together, whatever, set of possibilities for the romantic couple in that film, for example. And I'm curious if you can say anything about how you understand, how you think of the relationship between these two tendencies, which seem rather troublingly closely related. Freud dit c'est les deux, c'est les deux qui nous conduisent, uh, Freud, Freud says, Freud, and yeah. they can either yeah, but move the, towards death or, you know, but... Yeah, the answer is, he said that Freud well, says that Freud those that. two elements just, are... Just let her speak to you. Thank you. Those two elements are, are primal and crucial in terms of just being able to live. Mais surtout, je pense, uh, comme... Uh, non, non, j'ai pas I don't really have awareness of that, you know, non, at this Freud, moment. Il, il nous dit que ça, c'est, on pourrait dire, euh, pour dire euh, simplement, c'est inconscient euh, le fait que tout d'un coup, on a, on a une, une mobilité euh, de, dans la vie qui, qui, qui est sous-tendue par l'amour ou une mobilité qui est, sous, enfin, par l'éros, ou une mobilité qui est sous-tendue par l'existence le, le, de, de la de, de la mort. Il dit que c'est pas une chose dont on... Il, il dit qu'il n'y a que ces deux pôles et qu'on est tout le temps euh, sur l'un ou sur l'autre et que c'est ça qui fait qu'on qu est en vie, quoi. Freud, said, you know, you're, Freud would say that you're constantly between those two poles and that that's what allows you to really be alive, to exist, but that we're not necessarily conscious of it. And I'm not necessarily conscious of, you know, Vacillating between the two poles when I'm uh, creating. Mais moi, je suis pas Freud. Je fais juste des petits dessins. Je... I'm, I'm not Freud. I'm just making little sketches. Philippe, for many years, throughout many of your films, um, the the figure, the the figures, characters in those films that evoke the the presence of Nico and the memory of Nico, and I have the feeling that that's not as present in the last few movies. Is that, is that right? I thought of that this morning, that I had rid myself of Nico nostalgia. Mais c'est très difficile de sortir de la nostalgie de son premier amour. C'est très difficile pour tout le monde. It's very hard to uh, escape out of the nostalgia for your first love. I think it's hard for everybody. Mais si on vit longtemps, je pense qu'on y arrive. But if you live long enough, you get there. <laughs>
think that the presence of Jean-Claude Carrière working with him on your films is, is somehow linked to it? I'm not sure if that's correct, but I'm just wondering what you think. Oh, c'est-à-dire, j'ai commencé à travailler avec Jean-Claude Carrière, il a 86 ans, quand j'ai perdu mon père, parce qu'il avait à peu près l'âge de mon père. Donc ça, j'ai... Um, I started to work with Jean-Claude Carrière not far, not long after I lost uh, my father. Um, I was very, uh, very close with my father, very connected. Um, he was in theater, and we had a lot, um, you know, there that was very important to me. And the first thing that I did, I mean, when he died, was I worked with a psychoanalyst, uh, Moroccan. A psychoanalyst for about six months who was uh, 90 um, and uh, Jean-Claude Carrière was 86 um, and after that I became connected uh, with him. Um, it was very important for me uh, to work with my father and you know now I work with my son and my uh, daughter. I mean other uh, filmmakers often work with the women in their lives but aside from uh, women uh, in my life. I mean, I really like to work with um, my um, family. Um, and I'm leaving something out. About some, some, I think some of the films that Philippe made with his father, of which there are many, I think, then you mentioned uh, Liberté la nuit. Yeah, there were, you know, there were, I made a lot of films with my father. It was a film made for him. It was made for your He died four years ago. Uh, Liberté de la nuit, Liberty of the Night. Is, is, was made in the 1980s. 1980s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you brought up your son, Louis, who has not been in the last two films, um, but who recently played uh, Jean-Luc Godard in the film by Michel Hadrabichis. And I remember I saw uh, Louis in Cannes and I asked him about the experience. And he said, well, it was interesting. He said, it, you know, I'm a Montague and he's a Capulet. And we decided to work together. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, about about that experience of playing Godard, and he, I think he said that you would encourage him to do it. You would, you, would, you know, supported him in that. Okay. Well. <laughs> Okay, uh, the first question was about his son playing guitar. So, um, the first job that my parents had when I was a small child, like when I was around four, they were puppeteers. Um, and uh, my mother would sew the costumes, and my father would do the, the puppets um, before he got involved with theater. Um, so, when um, it was a question of, uh, Louis uh, playing Godard, uh, I, um, you know, it was a little bit as if he was going to be Godard's puppet uh, or, you know, incarnate uh, the Godard puppet. I didn't have any particular pro or con uh, feelings about it. Um, and Godard is, people love to talk about Godard. Uh, they, just like people will talk for hours about Picasso, it's sort of the same thing. Um, now, to go to the next section. 
Being um, on a plane and watching. So then, yeah, so, um, you, know, you know, no, we have to, you know, and then, you know, of course, we have to exist with commercial cinema. I was on the plane when I was coming over here and I was seeing, you know, all the screens that were lit up and the horrors that people were watching, the garbage that people uh, were watching. And it's just, it's just horrifying. On the other hand, if you don't have that commercial cinema, uh, it's, it's, it's over. I mean, uh, cinema won't exist. So uh, you have to live with it. But, you know, there are terrible things that have come out of, um, you know, that cinema has sprung from. You know, I used to want to be, uh, you know, I said, okay, uh, you know, uh, Lumière is an anti-Semite. I'm going to be like Thomas Edison. But then I found out that, you know, Thomas Edison invented the electric chair. Um, so, you know, and when I went to Israel and I was presenting there, I said, you don't understand who Louis Lumiere was. He was a horrible anti-Semite. That's something that's hidden. That's, uh... Yeah, and he was a collaborator who was he, decorated by Petain. He was, he, right. So, um... So, you know, it's a nightmare, you know, the fact that it's a nightmare, you know, that I experienced that when I saw those screens on the, on the plane, it, it was from the get-go. Um, you know, there's so much more to talk about. I wish that we had more time and Philippe has a screening and we have to wrap it up, but I thank you. Merci. <laughs>